Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of Active Souls podcast with me, Joshua Strasky. And me, Paul Dennett. How you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, Paul. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Tell you what, roll on the 29th of March, eh? Come on. Oh, I can't Come wait. On. Can't wait. So for, for those listening who aren't in the UK, obviously the 29th of March, um, restrictions within the UK hopefully uh, will be loosened, which means we can travel around a little bit more freely um, and also have the rule of six where we can meet up to six people Outside. and we can have a barbecue Woo! and and more importantly i can start beasting people at club uh, sessions again yeah, which i cannot absolutely. wait for yeah definitely yeah i know it'd be great wouldn't it just to get a little bit of normality back into life oh it'd just be nice to go out see some new faces and uh, well faces we haven't seen for a while uh and i say just see how everybody's getting on it's all in the I've just been limited to looking at your ugly mug on a on a daily basis. I know, lucky guy, lucky guy. <laughs> how um, how would that work with club then, Paul? Obviously, is it is it green light from the 29th then? Uh, yeah. So I believe it's uh, English Athletics are saying um, five athletes and one coach, so just groups of six. Okay. Um, so should be good. I don't know if we'll be allowed back on the track because we our track is at a school. Uh, and they're still limiting how many people go onto the premises and stuff. But uh, I say it'd be good to get get some sessions done. And uh, we've got quite a few. We're quite lucky that quite a few of our guys are run leaders. Um, so we can set up a few little groups here and there and dot them around, space them all out, uh, and get some sessions done. So we've got another fantastic interview lined up on the pod today. Uh, last time we were lucky enough to uh, interview a GB Paralympian. Um, yeah, can I just say Kate was absolutely awesome last week. I loved that interview. Really, really good. Yeah, I mean, there's been some great positive feedback about that interview. And um, yeah, I think it was just a really kind of like down to earth, humbling experience speaking to her um, on the pod and obviously afterwards as well. It was it was fantastic. Thank you enough for that. Um, and then this week as well, we've got another amazing interview lined up. So we're actually really grateful to have this person's time even more so because um, she's got the biggest race of her career coming up um, in a couple of days time where she's actually going to be running um, in a championship race qualify um, at the Olympics in Tokyo 2021. Um, so yeah, and we believe as well, also, which come on to in the pod as well, that they're going to release before Friday the the qualifying times, which will allow us to potentially um, qualify for the Commonwealth Games as well, depending on obviously the time that she produces. So um, yeah, she's an absolute speedster over long distance. Um, her five k PB is at sixteen forty two. 10k pb of 3409 actually <laughs> working backwards although they're fantastic times probably doesn't do a marathon time justice it's two hours and 36 minutes just just hold that thought for a second two hours 36 minutes for a marathon quick crazy quick very quick so yeah without further ado 
we'd like to welcome Charlotte Taylor Green to the pod. Charlotte, welcome. Hiya. Hi. Hi. How are you? So, Charlotte, can you just tell us then and the listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into running, and at what stage you kind of knew that you were going to be competitive? Um, well, running, like you know, when you're at school and stuff, I was always actually, you know, quite sporty. So it's always like I enjoyed being active. And then, you know, typical turn 16, uh, alcohol, clubbing, you know, <laughs> typical, typical, typical. <laughs> and, you know, that stayed with me until I was like 20, 26. Um, so it was like 2010, um, I decided to run a marathon for charity just to raise some money. And then, yeah, that's where the love for running spots, where it will come from, really. So, so yeah. you, weren't, you weren't running competitively, competitively at school then? It was since you were older? Yeah, so more from when, you know, you know, we're older to do all like, the school stuff. But um, yeah, it was only really once I hit my late 20s is when it all really started. And what wow. did you, that first marathon, what did you do that in? Um, my first marathon was three hours 40. Three hours. And was that London? Yes, that was London. Was yeah. Good first one to start with. There's hope for you yet then, Paul. Three hours <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. 340. Well, we'll cover what you're currently running in a minute. Wow. Okay. So when you, um, after that first marathon, how did it take shape after that? Um, well, after that, I, um, yeah, just started, you know, local races, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. Um, and then I joined uh, Bristol and West. And then from there, they were looking for, um, they were looking to get into like a national league and they were looking for a steeplechaser. So I was one of these, like, oh, God, give the steeplechaser a go. So then I ended up on the track running um, sort of more 800 metres through to the 3K steeple. And I did that until um, 2018 was my last year on the track. So just go, to go back, you, so steeplechase, did you do steeplechase at school and it was something uh, you knew no, something that's, about that's originally? I, no, that's what I, I literally started steeplechase. Is it 2012? And what distance is steeplechase normally run over? Um, so national, so when you go to national competitions, it's 3K, but like league matches, you can run 1500 metres steeplechase and 2000 metres, but... For like big events, 3K is the is the main distance. And how high are those hurdles into the water jumps and things? <laughs> They're not too bad. Women's women's are a lot better than the men's. So um yeah, so I've medaled twice at our British champs for the steeplechase. So I actually I just missed the Commonwealth Games standard last time around for steeple. So um yeah, I did get to a pretty high level on the track. And what what made you pick steeplechase out of all events? It was literally the club were looking for a steeplechaser and I just thought, uh, oh, well, I'll, I'll give that a go. So I can't get my head around this a minute. So you, you're starting this in the late 20s. So at school, were you into the sport and stuff? You must yeah, have some natural always, ability there to yeah, jump like, in at I, that standard. Yeah, like, well, the late, like the road I lived along were boys. So I was just brought up playing with the boys. So, you know, when I play football, bulldog, the lot, you know, it's, I think, just playing with them. And they always treated me like an equal. So it was kind of like, yeah, I was always an active child. So I, I liked being active and, yeah, just running around and, you know, always like, yeah, enjoyed winning things when I was younger. But um, I didn't do athletics for long when I was younger, just a little bit, you know, the last couple of years at senior at senior school. So with Bristol and West End, how long were you doing? How long did you focus on steeplechase? How long were you doing that? So it's from 2012. And then my last year in steeplechase was until I stopped. My last race was British Champs, actually, 2017. Right. So was was at that point you decided then to go longer again? Or did you think you wanted to drop back and maybe try 800 metres? Yeah, I think um, 
it was Steve Chase. Like that year, I, I just missed the Commonwealth standards, like ranked third in the UK. Um, I just struggled to get into races. Mentally, it was like there wasn't really any help. And I was, I was trying to make that next level. But it just felt like it was just so many things in the way. And I was actually struggling a little bit, like depression in the sport. So 2018, I decided to then sort of like just do more eights and 15s and um, go shorter again. And then 2018, I got injured. And then I was like, right, that's it. I'm done. Done with running. And then entered a marathon and ran the marathon in 2019. So, wow. yeah, it's one of those things. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm done with running. And I was like, oh, I'll just enter a marathon. And I think because that's how I started, wow. it kind of made sense. I wanted to try it again and just, you know, test the waters and see what I could do. So with the Bristol and West runners at that point, was was there a chance that they would could take you to the next level with steeplechase? Did they try and get you to, to carry um, well, on? With, or? with clubs, it's quite hard because it's, it's kind of more, it's more about trying to get into races abroad, like in Europe, like the really fast races to run qualifying times. But it was, it was getting to the point that those, you know, it was costing a lot of money. You'd go for a race for weekends and that's six, 700 quid gone with flights, accommodation, you know, your food and stuff for two or three days, the way, and it was just, yeah, it was getting to the, a lot, the point where I was like, is it worth, you know, spending all that money all the time, still trying to work? It's just trying to find that balance of what I wanted from the sport, you know, because it's, yeah, you're not a full-time athlete. It's, it is a lot harder. Do, do club runners get opportunity to find sponsors and things like that for cover flights and things, or is it in case you just got to try and pay yourself? Yes, more of yourself. And I think because coming into athletics a little bit older, that's also it kind of goes against you a little bit like if you're quite good from a young age you kind of get noticed and you know people are more likely to invest in someone younger and bring them on to a senior athlete where you know a lot of people will peak on track when they're between 25 and 30 and I was starting at nearly being a vet so I think it's yeah you kind of don't have quite the same opportunities as when you come from it at a younger age. What what niggle did you pick up what injury did you I, my main issue was uh, tendinopathy with my Achilles. I always did struggle like Achilles. Mm. But that seems to be fine now. Mm. And what was your like driving force behind like continuing to kind of push and obviously want to be kind of the best that you can be there? Because obviously you were third in the um, in the UK for obviously steeplechase with, you know, there's no mean beat by yourself. So what no, kind of that I desire like, to keep going? When I first started running, it's just like, you know, it's always, oh, can I bet myself? And I just enjoy going to races and just trying to win. But I think it got to a point where then I was chasing times a lot. And when I started to chase the times too much, actually it was become more stressful than fun. Become serious like you, then. Yeah. Yeah. You forget about like why you did it or what you're doing it for. And it was, yeah, I think you, I fell into that trap a little bit of, and it was, yeah, it was just making me a little bit, I wasn't enjoying it. And you know, the reason I run is I do love running, but I think at that point I was starting to actually hate, hate running, which is, you know, that's when you know you probably need a little bit of a step back. So when you, after that first marathon then, when you did the 340, how long after that did you decide, well, actually, this could be the distance for me? Um, to be honest, I didn't really, like once I went to track, I didn't really think about the marathon. I didn't think I'd actually probably go back to the marathon. But um, I can remember going to this uh, 5K with a, a few friends of mine abroad and um, a few of the guys had just done the Dublin marathon. And they're like, oh, you should do it. And I was like, oh why not and I just signed up for the like following year so yeah it's just kind of more of like just to see what I could do again at that distance so it wasn't till that point I really thought about the marathon. So coaching wise you're still with Bristol and West at that point when you decided to go to the marathon distance? Um, I just 
um, at that point, I just kind of switched over to to Clevedon. So I was Clevedon second claim, Bristol first, but now I'm, I'm Clevedon. And I think, um, you know, I love my time with Bristol and West, but um, I was always asked a lot to do a lot of races. They have a lot of league matches and it was getting to the point I felt like there was a lot of pressure to try and compete for them as well as try and reach that top level and like what they were asking me to do and trying to fit in races, it all just got a bit too much where I think I just needed a little bit of a step back, a bit of a breather, some headspace. And Clevedon's like my local running club. It just it just felt nice to, you know, represent my local area. Is that where you're from then, Clevedon? Like uh, so Nailsey, so it's like just down the road. So, yeah. but um, we don't, Clevedon is registered with England Athletics where the local Nailsey club's not registered with England Athletics. So that's why I went Clevedon over Nailsey. Yeah, cool. So obviously, what does your training sort of like look like now then? What does like a standard sort of like day and a week in the life so, of you? Uh, yeah, for the marathon, it's, it's it's pretty big. So at the moment, I'm on taper, so hardly anything. But um, sort of like peak weeks going into the marathon, like sort of, sort of you know, three weeks ago. Uh, Monday would be like 10 miles in the morning, six miles in the evening. And then a Tuesday, I would do um, a session with warm up and session. It would be sort of 16 17 miles then midweek I would do 10 to 12 miles Thursday it would go back to 10 miles in the morning six miles in the evening Friday and another session day which would be again around 16 miles then every other Saturday I had a rest day or it would be 10 miles and then Sunday long run started at 16 and then the last um built up to 22 miles so it's quite big so looking at sort of like 90 to 100 miles a week and do you work um, well, I've, <laughs> normally I would, but obviously we've been in lockdown. So um, I work in the gym. So it's, yeah. So I've missed working, but it's, it has been kind of nice to get a good block in and have a little bit more recovery than I normally would get. So how how did you and your coach sit down and, and plan that, um, that that block then? is he Does he specialise in marathon training or is he just general run coach that you've got a good uh, r- like rapport James, with? His, his athletes give him, go Give him from, a good plug. <laughs> his athletes everyone's sort of like anything from 800 meters all the way up to marathon so his yeah his group's got a um yeah massive amount of you know ability over all distances and I don't know um one of his lads like Jake Smith that ran the 60 minutes for the world half in back in October so that's one of his athletes you know and it's right. got some amazing guys that have been to world been to commies so it's a really good training group yeah amazing and and how does that kind of plan so are they structured like speed sessions? Is it like easy miles? Is it sort of like a combination? How, how yeah. is that sort of decided? Well? So when I'm in the marathon block, anyways, so Tuesdays and Fridays are like my hard days. Sunday is, it's not easy or it's not hard. It's kind of like high end steady running. So you're running, I'd run like 20 to 30 seconds off marathon pace. So it'd feel quite easy for a long time. But then all of a sudden it, towards the end of the run, you it would start to bite. And then my other miles would just be as easy as I need them to be. So some days it'd be a bit quicker if I felt quite good. But if I was feeling tired, I just ran slow as I needed to run. Yeah. I was um, looking at doing a bit of research on you and on because you put a few sessions on Instagram and stuff. When you yeah. do your tempo sessions and then you you do, say, a three-minute tempo with a one-minute uh, float afterwards, yeah. what's the difference in that with the tempo and the float? What sort of time distance? So your tempo, um, when I'm doing sort of three-minute reps, it'd be sort of like, I'd flip between half marathon and 10k kind of feel. So my one like three minute reps, one k rep. If all of it's one k, I'd be looking at running 3:30 for the on k. Like, well, 3:20 to 3:20 for the hard effort, and then 
the float would be normally about 650 mile in seven minute mile in so it's kind of it's you don't really like you recover just enough so you get enough of me it's like enough recovery that could still push quite hard but not allowing yourself to recover too much so because in a marathon you you know it's about running tired on tired legs so yeah and are you basing are all of those times based around within your training based around your end goal if so for instance say you're aiming for say like a 230 marathon do you then work backwards in terms of like those structured sessions and then all of that speed work and stuff you're doing is that all based like into working towards that pace um yeah i think for me like it's just kind of you kind of once you start getting into the training you, you start clocking times like, oh can i hold this like, oh yeah i can hold that for a whole session and then you kind of know going forward what your kind of paces are but for me i just use them in the marathon i kind of take what i want out the window and just just get fit because I mean, this winter has been hard, like some of these weather conditions as well. You kind of have to go a little bit more to feel rather than like, oh, I want to run that pace. So is your body holding up over the longer distance now with like your, your Achilles and stuff? Yeah, it seems to be really good. I mean, um, I do a lot more gym work now, so a lot more strength work, which surprisingly when I was on the track, I only really started to incorporate gym in the last in the last year or so. So Because you're a PT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. So, yeah, I think that's what I was lacking before was a lot of was more, the, you know, conditioning the body to be able to run and cope with the lows, which is why I kept getting um, a lot of problems with my Achilles because I would just get too much information. They weren't strong enough for the paces and, you know, what I was asking it to do. So that's also, you know, gym, two big lift sessions like um, a week as so well. So have you and your coach actually built that into your training plan then, strength and conditioning and stuff? Yeah, so um, well, the strength and conditioning, um, I have another guy that writes my programs for that because I hate writing for myself. It's like when you're running, it's, <laughs> it's easier to do for other people, but when it comes down to... There's a bit to, of accountability when there's somebody looking over your shoulder. Yeah, when they like, this is what you need to do. It's like, okay, yeah. And it's so, um, yeah, so my, yeah, my S&C coach is based in the Midlands, who, uh, Reese, Reese. so um, yeah, he's been working with me now for about 18 months. So that's been really good. So speed sessions, are they normally done on the track or are they done on the road? A uh, little bit of mix. So um, obviously track access has been this time. Yeah, um, limited, unfortunately. Yeah, so a lot more on the road. But, that, you know, it is it is what it is. You just make the most of, of what you got. And, you know, that's all you can do, really. So stepping up from the uh, the like 800s and the, the 3Ks and stuff, mentally being out there for that long uh, a longer period of time, have you had to do a bit of mind training or that sort of stuff and, and what you, what's going to go through your mind after two hours and all that sort of stuff yeah I think it's sort of I, to be honest I've never I think for me like when I did the Dublin in 2019 I think I knew like I went into that marathon I was like right I just want to enjoy it like I did I wanted to run well but ultimately we kind of went off a little bit more controlled I wanted to you know enjoy it and not go off too hard and, and come back and you know die but um I think this time around He's obviously not having people to run with. So it's been very lonely this time. It's probably been the, you know, the longest block I've had of like, I haven't been able to see my coach. Even having him on a track side, getting your splits, it makes a massive difference to, to you know, just having someone there. So a lot of it has been um, solo. I've been lucky my husband's been able to join me for a few sessions, but he's still working. So it means that I kind of have to wait until later in the evening. But obviously the winter, then you're, it's, it's the light. Like living in Elsie, it's, you know, it's country lane. So you kind of, you're quite limited to where you yeah. can run in the evenings. 
So is that something you and your coach have actually sat down and discussed, like the mental side of things, that last that last ten k and all that sort of stuff in the marathon? How you're going to mentally prepare to to push on and things? Yeah, I think for me, like I, when I went to the marathon, um, I kind of saw a post and it, it stuck with me. And it was someone that said that like first ten miles run smart, your second ten miles trust your training, the last ten k just run with your heart. And I, you know, I went into Dublin thinking, you know, ten, 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 and it, it seemed to work. You know, just go off smart then it's about holding and then it's just whatever you've got left and just just give it a go and that yeah that you know if you break down the race it it does help a little bit yeah because i know i know paula radcliffe used to say she used to count um lampposts in london and all this sort of stuff and she could tell where each lamppost is because she just mentally trained herself <laughs> to do it over the, over the time and stuff so charlotte on friday don't want to big it up too much but it's a bit of a big day <laughs> <laughs> obviously um it's a qualifier it's a championship qualifying race for a possible position within the olympics yeah in marathon distance so just talk us a little bit like through how that works so um what they do for like the trials um because obviously normally it'd be the trials would be within london marathon which is normally in april but with this year, obviously London's now not till October, so they're holding a selection race. So they invited 30 men and 30 women. So I think they got the standard. They looked at 2019 because the standard was two hours 42 to be invited. Um, so I think they just looked at the top 30 in 2019 because obviously not much happened last year. Um, yeah, and then that's that's where they got the qualifying times from. Okay, so, so is it a case then you've got to be in the top two, top three? Is it you've got so to hit a certain time? So to qualify for the Olympics, it's uh, top two with the qualifying standard. So you have the qualifying standards two twenty nine thirty. Okay. So yeah. is it the, the, the two quickest under that time, is it? Going... Yeah. So um, there's four girls currently with the standard. Three of them aren't actually going to be at the trials, which is uh, actually quite interesting. So if no one runs the time, at the trials those girls still can be considered so it's yeah it's very interesting it's quite an open race yeah no and will you be on the track at the same time as those others as well so you yes we all, yeah all the men all the women we all go off yeah we all get set off together nice and what's your uh, race prediction oh it's like the top girls it's it's really hard to predict it's there's some really strong women um and quite a few capable of running that standard which is quite exciting so for me um my pb is 236 so being kind of like my second only proper marathon if that makes sense like being you know really racing the marathon um i would like to be just inside that so i'm just kind of running you know um uh, it'd be quite nice to get close to maybe what the commonwealth standards so i think that gets announced tomorrow so yeah it'd be nice to maybe get to the commonwealth game standard from that race just to you know maybe put myself out for which would be the Commonwealth in 2022. So the qualifiers on Friday are happening. Is it Kew Gardens? Yeah, Kew Gardens. And it's a 5.5k circuit. Is that right? Yeah, something like the S. Yeah, it's just, no, it's, it's more than that. Is it just over, I think it's just over two two miles. So all I know, I've got 12 and a half laps. So I'm just like, I'll break it down into, <laughs> break it down into laps, like a track race. So... Well, yeah, with your steeplechase um, experience, that that probably helped you. I actually. don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I'm quite. I'm yeah. Laps are a comfort to me, so I don't mind that. So, have no, you so and we... you put, you and your coach put like a game plan in place of how you want it to be? Of if you're going to try and stick with the leaders, or you're going to run your own uh, race? Or... So, I think uh, there's going to be several different pacemakers for different times. 
Um, so I'll be looking to go out with, I think there's a third group and the pacemaker is going to be 548 to 550 miling. So I think that's about 232, 233 pace. So the plan is to kind of go with that group, go with the back end group and then see who falls, if anybody falls off from the other groups in the last six miles. So for me, I run better. If I go off steady, I can pick up. So I prefer running that way than, you know, in the marathon, it's, it's quite easy to go off too hard. And then that second half is going to be very painful. So yeah, for me, it's, it's just a chance to learn more about the event. So, cause I, you know, I still feel quite a newbie at endurance. So it's just more of a development to me, you know, myself, like putting down a time for going forward. Yeah, nice. And, and do you think you are at your best at the moment or do you think there's still more to come? Because like you said, it's only really your sort of second ever. Yeah, I think like each marathon, like when as a marathon, like marathon, like marathon training is hard. So I think each block, you'll always learn something new about yourself. And every time you do a marathon block, you can layer it more. You can make your long runs can get a bit longer. Your sessions can get a bit longer because you're stronger to cope with that bigger load. So, um, but yeah, so I think, you know, at the moment I'm the fittest, fittest I've been. So, and then obviously the next block, you'd look to then build on the fitness you got now and get even fitter. So it's just about layering, you know, years of layering all that miles and yeah, just building blocks for going forward. Yeah. We, we do a lot of triathlons and stuff. When you focus, when we speak about Ironman and things, the endurance athletes seem to peak a lot later, like, 30 30 to 35 sort of thing is that the same for marathon runners is that what when would i say a marathon runner normally peak well i think it's i think it's like really hard to actually put an age on it because at the moment there's some incredible youngsters you know early 20s running very well and then you've got some vets over 40s running incredibly well so i think it's more of a case of depending at what age you start like they say you know once you get into your sport once you get 10 15 years in that's when you become your best if that makes sense because it's kind of all those years of layering you know all those training sessions you know everyone has not every year is a straight line you'll get injured you'll get ill you know you reverse a bit and then you have to get that fitness back and it's it's just about layering like constantly layering your training and you know just sticking with it and being consistent yeah and what advice would you say like would you give to someone out there like looking to put in sort of like a pb time for a marathon because you're still fairly new to the long distance sort of like yeah. thing. So what advice would you give to someone who's chasing a particular time or goal? Oh, it's quite, I think ultimately you just got to enjoy it. And, you know, I've fallen into the trap where it's, I've let running get the better of me. Um, yeah, just enjoy it. And just, I think when you go into a little training block, like don't worry about times too much, just, just get fit. Because once you get fit and then you get to that start line and then you just you know, times, times would just come. I think as long as you get involved in a race, enjoy what you're doing and staying consistent, time, times will come. It, you know, all like marries up together. And with, with all that as well then, um, nutrition and stuff that you're going to be using on, on Friday, how have you, what do you use? Are you gels and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so um, gels, I mean, um, we get a station for like water, our own water bottles so we can obviously have carb drinks. So I've not done, done that before because I've always been in, the mass when I ran my 236 um I wasn't on the elite start line I actually chose I started with like you know the masses so I didn't get to warm up didn't get you know um you weren't stood next to some guy in a Womba outfit or anything like that were you? <laughs> so um so yeah this is gonna be the first time me like using sort of carb drinks in a race like I've, I've not done it before so, so have you practiced like have you set up a table and and while you've been out on training runs uh, so and like, grabbing and stuff <laughs> 
husband's like been cycling up the road a little bit and getting off his bike and just holding the water bottle out for me <laughs> for a few runs. Um, but it's been hard because, you know, running around the country lanes, they're not that safe, believe it or not. You know, the cars use them as a bit like, you know, track racing. Um, you know, they drive around them quite fast. So I've not had, you know, a little park locally that we could, you know, just do small laps and pick up from a table. So that's probably would like to practice practice that a little bit more but it yeah it was just i was just unable to so so you you're going to use carb drinks like yeah, uh, tailwind so, or something in the water yeah or? so tailwind actually yeah i really tailwind? like tailwind yeah I, yeah tailwind and talk for my gels and how oh, often yeah. will you be gelling i'll go every half an hour right okay wow every half an hour yeah and that's what i did with dublin and it seemed to you know it seemed to work so i think even if you start taking them early on you're not allowing your body you're keeping it topped up constantly if that makes you know as much as you can so if i got waiting. this right this is only going to be your third marathon so uh well i did well i did another one in 2012 as well for charity so that's i've done 340 320 you know but both of those were just literally i again for charity didn't really you know did a little bit of training but not that much so <laughs> dublin was my first you know one actually going there to be like run it race it rather than just running around a marathon if that makes sense it's, it's you know it's completely different so Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And how long has your block of training been then, Charla, on the build up to obviously Friday? Uh twelve weeks. So it's like a ten week block. Um and then a two week taper. How do you find taper? Um, it's 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 just weird. It's like you just have to I think you just go through one day you're like, Oh my god, I'm so why am I so tired? Like how am I gonna run a marathon? And then the next day you feel full of energy. It's yeah, it's a bit of a like you have up and down it just keeps going up and down and then I think the nerves kick in and you get oh my god so you're just yeah. constantly thinking about what food you shouldn't be eating in case you stop putting on <laughs> yeah, it's like I just want to stuff, stuff my face I'm like no <laughs> so after Friday then if everything go, all goes well the plan is to get the qualifying time uh, well not for I, I'm not chasing the 229 so for me it's you know that's that's a big a big ask for you know I'm up against girls that have been I mean there's a few girls making their debut over the marathon but they've been selected off their halves but they've been 5k half marathon runners for, you know, eight plus years where I've, you know, two years ago, I was doing two laps around a track. So it's kind of, I still need time to develop, you know, my 10k's and 5k's, even half marathons, I've not run that many where I made that massive jump. So yeah, for me, it's just building blocks for, you know, the future years down the line. Yeah. So, so with the, you mentioned about the Commonwealth Games, when they bring out the qualifying time for that, if you do that on Friday, there's a chance then you could get chosen to, yeah. for England. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, there'll be a selection race. And in all honesty, like marathon running at the moment, the women, it's incredible. Like Commonwealth standard, you know, it's probably 10, 15 girls that could run that standard. But even if you don't go just to run a standard is, you know, it's an amazing achievement. So, you know, it's, yeah, that's, that's the plan. What, what names should we be looking out for on Friday when we see the results come in? Oh, it's going to be... Um, I mean, I reckon there's Steph Davis who has run 227. Um, there's Lily Partridge, 229. There's a few girls around 229. Natasha Cockrum, 2 230. So there's quite a few girls, you know, just off the standard as well, like, you know, 20, 30 seconds off the standard. So, yeah, it's mm. going to be interesting. Well, good luck. <laughs> I'm still blown away by all these times and the, the lack of marathon experience that you've got and the, the times you, you, you clock in. It's- amazing yes. absolutely amazing one for me just very quick if you had to choice 5k blast as fast as you can or a marathon which would you uh want to do 
Or oh, which would you mar- be scared mar- of? The- marathon. In all honesty, the 5K is the one distance I really don't enjoy. Like if you say to me, run a hard mile or 5K, even now I choose to run a hard mile. Then I, fi- I just, the, <laughs> yeah, I think me and the 5K, there's, there's a bit of a demon there. And it's, I think I've never quite ran what I should run for a 5K. It's always been the one race I've not really cracked yet. So um, I bet yeah, people, that- when they see you turn up at part run on, on a Saturday, they think, oh, geez. Oh no, it's really hard because when I do park runs, in all honesty, most of the time for me, a park run, I, I use it as like a warm up before a session. Like I use it as a tempo and then I go into a session because I don't know, it's just, it's just not, you know, park runs are quite fun. And in all honesty, the ones in Bristol or like around Bristol, there's none that are really flat or fast. You know, you've got Ashton Court up and down a hill, Clevedon little laps around a seafront. It's kind of, mm. yeah, they're not sort of like, you know, fast, fast courses. But then if I ever look for a fast 5K in a park run, we'd go to Cardiff because it's flat as a pancake and it's, you know, out in a little loop and back. So it's, you know, no overtaking or anything. So it's a nice course to run fast on. Fair play. Nice. So what are you going to do now then in the build up to Friday? Is it literally just sort of like chill a little bit? Chill, yeah. We'll go up to London on Thursday, just chill out. We've got, I think, six miles tomorrow and five miles on Thursday. So yeah, just chill, eat. Do you have any massages or anything like that before today to loosen you up or is it um, just I had a, a deep massage on Monday because I find actually they leave you quite sore for a few days mm-hmm. so I don't like to have them too close so um yes it's a case now just keeping on top of my stretching yeah oh, keep myself fine. mobile yeah fair play well <laughs> we'll be keeping an eye on Friday I think best of luck um be really interesting to see obviously how you get on and I think either way you've achieved a fantastic amount in such a short period of time so you should be proud of that if nothing else at this moment yeah it's just I'm just excited it's just it's an opportunity and you know not many people are getting that chance to run a marathon so it's you know grateful that I get an opportunity to run and it's another chance just to learn more about myself and and the distance and I was gonna I was gonna say that as well because I, I think like mentally and psychologically you're probably going into it in a bit of a better place than probably some of those other women because I reckon that side of things could work in your favour because there's no real pressure on you. It's kind of like well, hold no, on, this is I like am literally I think yeah, there's there's a couple of girls slower than me and that's it. So I'm one you know, I'm one of the slowest. So it's quite nice. I've got I've got nothing to lose. So I can go into it and, you know, just, just, you know, if I go a bit too hard and it doesn't go right, it, it doesn't matter. It's so I'm kind of like, it is just a good opportunity yeah. for growth, like, you know, for myself, for that event. Yeah, definitely. You never know what can happen on the day as well, you know, exactly, especially yeah. running at those sort of paces and at that sort of time, you know, anything can yeah. happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, in the marathon, you can look at, you know, people's times, but so much can go wrong in a marathon and so much can go right and that's for, for anyone you you could be fit healthy but on the day your body just goes nah and it's you know it's, yeah, it's a long it's a long way to go you just you just have to appreciate that you know when it does go right it's like oh it's amazing and, and when it doesn't you take it on the chin and you know move on to the next one so what's the plan for friday night big pizza beer Oh, normally, like, I think that one is Dublin, it's straight, you know, literally straight up to Guinness. hotel, we started on the Guinness, started on that Guinness, <laughs> but uh, this time around the pubs aren't open, so I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be back home for, yeah, go to the supermarket and get some few Guinnesses in, so, oh, that is my favourite drink. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> um just what we've been asking, uh, we asked guests in the past um, for uh, favorite sessions that we can give to our athletes and stuff on track nights or in uh, when we have sessions with our runners. Uh, what would be a, a go-to speed session 
that would uh, that really floats your boat that you really enjoy oh, doing? Do you know what? I've got to love, you know, sort of 12 to 15 times 400. It's just, it's just a good, <laughs> just a good session. Like you can, you know, you can go quite hard. Oh yeah. I love a good 400 meter session. And I, I think still coming from middle distance, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I, I love it. Just so what would you lap. do 400 in? Um, was, you know, when I'm in marathon prep, it, we kind of only go down to probably like 73s, 74s, but like, you know, middle distance days, I'd be clocking 59s. So, yeah, but you do a lot less, you do sort of three or four and just go eyeballs out. So, um, yeah, there's something about the, that 400 meter session, just a good chance. Definitely if you think even 5k pace, that one lap, you know, it's, it's, it's a session. You can just keep going at like quite a fast pace. I'll, uh, when we said it at our next, when we finally do get back on the track, then I'll get all my athletes just to message you, just let you know how they get on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to love 400s. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, well, yeah, then, Josh, I'm, got any more yeah. questions? No, I think we covered quite a lot there. It's been obviously really interesting and a really good insight. And obviously, we wish you the uh, best of luck for Friday. We really mean that. And uh, I think it's, it's, it just made me chuckle to myself when you said, I'm going to be one of the slowest ones there. And you're looking at trying to run like a 232 marathon. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's incredible though. Like and at the moment, women, like the women's running is, is phenomenal. Like, you know, just a few years back, a 236 would put you, you know, in the top five. Where now, like last in 2019, you no, know, I was only ranked 17th for a 236. So it's, it's phenomenal but that's what you want the more women you have running those times you know you bring each other on and it's it's exciting time for sport what do you think has changed then over the years and what why have why is everybody getting so much quicker do you know what like i think as well there's just more people running like, and definitely in road racing people come into athletics a lot later on definitely with like you know your 10ks your half marathons and your marathons there's just so many more people doing it now i think definitely not so much men but women you know women are, are getting you know you look at races now it's nearly a 50 50 split between men and women. So I just think there's that many more running, you know, and, and people going to club nights and, you know, just probably taking it a little bit more seriously. So yeah, it's just, mm. it's a good thing to see. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, just good luck. I hope you oh, smash thanks. it. I <laughs> hope you smash it. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll hunt out the results. Let us know how you get on and then we can yeah, um, we'll let everybody know. Way, on the podcast. Whatever happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think I think you're a winner either way. Like we've discussed, you know, you're still so like early on in the kind of the age of doing the marathon distance. I think you're only going to build on from what happens on Friday anyway, aren't you? Exactly, so, um, and it's and it's a different type. You know, championship race into a big mass race. It's so different because it's going to be a lot more lonely. There's going to be gaps. It's going to be more of a, you know, you run with people for a bit. It's going to be more of a time trial than everyone's going to get spread out quite quickly. So it's just a different style of racing. But I think that's where you learn more about yourself of what you can and can't do. Yeah. Um, if people want to follow you in results and stuff, I, we, we hunted you out on uh, Instagram. Is that the best way for people to follow yeah, you? Yeah. It'd be on their Instagram. Yeah. Wicked. What's your handle on there? So people, um, uh, tattooed athlete, tattooed athlete, wicked. I'll put a link to that on our, on our show notes and stuff. Well, good luck, Charlotte. And please let us know how you got on. And then I will say we'll let everybody know. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for having thank me. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much again for your time. Obviously, really appreciate it, especially obviously, you know, so close to Friday. So <laughs> close. Yeah. It's nice to have a bit of a distract. You know, you talk about it, it gets you excited about it as well. So, you know, it gives you something to do. <laughs> oh, Definitely. Amazing. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. 
Well, Paul, another fantastic interview on the pod. I love it. Yeah, really, really good. Really good. Really nice lady, blown away by her times and just her attitude to, to the sport and, and running and all that sort of stuff. What, what did you take away from that? What was your uh, initial first thoughts? You know what like struck me about her from, from the get-go? And, it, and I thought, oh, is it just because we're at the beginning? But it just went on throughout. It's the whole time. And I know, obviously, the viewers won't be able to see this, but the whole time we were speaking, she was just smiling. She was just so happy. And, like, especially when she was talking about her training and, um, like, you know, the, the passion that she has for running and, like, sport, sort of, like, in general, you know? I think it was just, yeah, it was, it was amazing to see. Yeah, one of the things she she mentioned was about enjoying the process, and you could see by the smile on her face she enjoyed this whole process leading into Friday's race. I know, right? Even when she was like speaking about doing her like training plans, and she's like, "Yeah, so ten miles in the morning and one day, and and six miles the same day in the evening, and everything else." And it was just like there was no, at no point was she like, "Oh my god, I have to run this, I have to do that, I have to do." It was just. She just had so much enthusiasm and energy for it. I, lo- I loved it. And I find that really infectious as well. I, I was sort of getting hyped, like listening to her talking about it, you know, um, which was great. And I think she's going into this, you know, this race on Friday with like no fear. And um, I, I know I touched on that. I said, oh, do you think that like obviously mentally you sort of like almost have like a bit of an edge because she is going in is in theory an underdog, which which is amazing when you talk about the time that she's going to be running and stuff. But again, oh, wow. you know, we're talking here at like the the real sort of business end of an elite level. So, you know, when, when we talk about a few, like, you know, minutes, that is obviously a significant amount of time at that, at that level. Um, yeah. So I think it'd be really, really interesting to see how she gets on on Friday. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I picked up on, and, and a lot of amateurs can, or uh, we're all amateurs, aren't we? Um, a lot of uh, what the, the lower end of the uh, spectrum can take on, was she mentioned about consistency and, and with that process of enjoying it, but being consistent over that training block, building the blocks. And she mentioned, even if she doesn't do well on Friday, it's just another building block to the future and another building block to the next race and that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of what she highlighted, wasn't it? I think she's not expecting to run the two twenty nine time um, required uh, for for Tokyo. I think obviously, if she does, it will be wow, a mind blowing and amazing achievement. And you know, fingers crossed. We we wish her the best of luck with that. But I think she's got an eye on the fact that the Commonwealth Games time to qualify will come out before that race on Friday, uh, which will be slightly. Um, slower at like a 2.32 around that sort of time, 2.33 is her anticipation, isn't it? And I think that's sort of what she's aiming for, which I think would be a really good sort of like bridging gap between where she is at the moment um, and obviously a great building block to if she can qualify for the Commonwealth Games and then to potentially go on further down the line um, to the potential Olympics and things like that. You know, if not uh, this year at Tokyo, certainly further down the line because she's still very very new to the marathon isn't she yeah well she's new to the marathon but she, as she mentioned she started really late as well it kind of shows that there's there's hope for us all <laughs> getting a good time at some point yeah definitely 100 percent. and i think probably like the an amazing thing that i just absolutely love when she said it was uh how she breaks down the marathon distance yeah, yeah. definitely going to take that away it was 
10, the first 10 miles, you, you run smart. The second 10 miles, you, you back your training that you've done. And then the final 10K, you just run with your heart. I absolutely love that. That's, that is a really good mantra to go with, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I'll be thinking about that come come July when I get off the lake. <laughs> when you can see marathon. me chasing you around the lake. <laughs> yeah, chasing chasing me around the lake. And then uh, I'll just be saying to myself, back trainers, back your trainers. <laughs> For me, chatting to, to, to her now, one thing I still can't get my head around is the paces that they run at. Now you're on a slightly different scale to me because you're you're a better athlete than I am. But can you imagine running a two thirty six marathon? Yeah, I think yeah, it's 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 very fast, and um, it's just ironic that tonight before the, the pod, I actually went out and introduced a bit of speed work into my session, and I think um, you know it was it was three minute efforts within a sort of like a four five minute session that I'd done, and. Um, I got, you know, I was down at sort of like 5.30 pace, 5.20 pace and for those three minutes. And I think when, when you look at the time that she's like kind of aiming for and looking for, she, she's holding almost just off of that. So she, I think it worked out probably about 5.50 she'll be running that. But she's going to be running that not for three minutes. She's running that for a marathon, 26 months. And, and for those people that have experienced getting down to that sort of pace in, you know, a speed session or interval session or whatever else, you will appreciate that that takes a level of dedication and training to be able to mentally and physically cope with holding that pace any prolonged period of time. Oh, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I still, I did like the way she said she'd rather uh, do a marathon than go out and do a 5K blast though. <laughs> yeah, well, th- this is the thing because if you actually work backwards, like in theory, going off of her marathon time, her, her 10K time and her 5K time should really be quicker. Yeah. But I know I know we touched on it um, within the interview and we, we did after the interview as well, where she said that she just doesn't get on with those distances. She's good up to like 3K and that's obviously based around like the track stuff that she's done previously. But then 5K just doesn't really sit right with her, which, which I know, and again, by the way, we're looking at a 5K time that <laughs> <laughs> isn't exactly sort of like the Joe average, is it, to be fair, but... Um, based on a marathon time, obviously, in theory, you would think that that time would be quicker. But um, again, you know, I think she's kind of found a niche a little bit there, hasn't she, with the longer distance stuff? So, um, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh well, good luck to her. And I say, we'll um, we'll uh, chase up the results. So hopefully, uh, on the next pod, we can let you uh, let you guys know how she's got on. And I'll put all her Instagram stuff on the on the show notes and things as well. Uh, we've got quite a few good interviews lined up as well, coming forward as well. Um, Cone yeah, qualifier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another female athlete, really good athlete, local athlete. Um, and yeah, Kona qualifier. So it'd be really interesting to uh, find out about her journey. Um, we've also got a good friend of mine, um, Jack Pitcher, who's going to be coming on the pod as well. Uh, fantastic athlete. Um, again, fairly new to running, considering the, the great things that he's achieved um but a very good sportsman all round so looking forward to getting uh, him on the pod as well wicked wicked 
Right then, mate. It's been quite a long pod because that was, uh, as I say, a good, a, a good interview again. Anything you want to add before we uh, say goodbye? No, obviously, thank you very much for listening and uh, we hope that you can take something away from the pod. Yeah, thank you very much. And I say, I say it every week, if you do listen on Apple and things like that, if you can rate us and uh, write a little review, uh, that would be nice. We've had a couple of extra uh, um, stars added this week, which is uh, very kind of the, the people that have done that. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of it, mate, to be honest. Got a lot yeah. got a lot planned. Good training uh, week ahead. Um, yeah, training, just ticking over nicely, following the plan. Um, we mentioned at the start about the uh, 29th. We've still got to wait a bit longer for swimming pools and stuff, haven't we? What's it, 12? Yeah, although the quarry is opening, isn't it? Oh, so outdoor, outdoor <laughs> is okay. So. Did you see the temperatures they put on Facebook, though? Was it like seven degrees. Seven, seven yeah. degrees, was it? Yeah, that, that's well compared to when I was swimming in Cleveland Lake in January. That's seven degrees is tropical. No, it's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll wait till the actual indoors are open. I'm not even going out on the bike currently because it's too cold out there. Oh, good. <laughs> God. Hey, it'll all, it'll all fit together. And then when I chase your ass down in uh, in the outlaw, you need to get a couple good. of these uh, man up tablets in you. <laughs> right, then, mate. Right. You have a cracking week. And, yeah, and uh, you speak soon. Take care. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye.